up, everybody? This is Dean Thomas in for Jimmy Smith. On today's Unlocking the Gate podcast, I sit down with Sanford MMA coach Greg Jones to talk Sanford's busy weekend at UFC Vegas 58. Also, UFC middleweight Cody Brundage joins me to talk his big win over Treshawn Gore and what that win does for him going forward. We should be having Cody Brundage join us momentarily. We'll just wait for him to get on. But what a fight he had against a guy who everybody was looking to be the next big thing. Cody, what's up, man? What do you? How, how's everything going for you, man? It's good, man. Thanks for having me. Nah, man. It's, it's it's our pleasure. Appreciate you coming on. How's it feel after a big win, big TKO win over the weekend? Feels really good, man. I was telling my coach, I was like, sometimes before I walk out there, I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. And then we get a win. I'm like, okay, that's why. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> Now, what what was he was you screaming after the fight? I thought we were wrestling. Yeah, you know, you know how it is, man. You get a win, your adrenaline starts going crazy. You might do yeah. some stuff that maybe you wouldn't normally do, but there was a lot of talk that I was gonna just be a wrestler. I was gonna be shooting for my life and all kinds of stuff. So I was pretty fired up. Wait, so you was you fired up before going into that fight to have a victory that way, or? Uh, well, you know, I would I'll take a victory however I can get it, man, but. For it to end that way after all the talk and, you know, he had, he had said a lot of things about shoot all night and all these kind of things. So to get a knockout win, uh, it was definitely um, – I was definitely excited for that for sure. I got to tell you, Cody, I watched your fight. And your, the setup to your first takedown was amazing. You like that? That spinning yeah. elbow? <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. I, I'm not kidding. Like – it wasn't just the spinning elbow, but it was the entire sequence of it. It was a, a couple of feints in there, and then the spinning elbow, and then you turned it all into a shot, and you got him down. But you got in deep, and you got him down. And you know what it reminded me of? And I hope you don't take this the wrong way, because I don't mean it the wrong way. In fact, it could be you might take it as a compliment. It reminded me of, of uh, Colby Covington. I like it. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best wrestlers in the division. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, because the one thing that Colby does better than anybody is he's able to to blend his striking with his wrestling so well that you don't know what's coming. It all looks the same until it's too late for you to defend one of them. And when you took that shot, I said, man, that looks like something Colby. Would do. I mean, you look like Colby doing that. I was like, <laughs> if you can keep doing that, you're going to be a problem for a lot of guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. So... What is this win? So, where does this what does this win do for you? Uh well, first, I think hopefully I can get a new. We can renegotiate, get a new contract before my next fight. That was the third fight in my deal. Uh, two first round finishes in a row. Um, so hopefully my manager can make something happen before the next one. Uh, and then just confidence wise, you know, I've, I got a submission in in my last fight. I got a knockout in this one. So it's good to be finishing people in, in multiple different kinds of ways, and you know, just growing that confidence. I think I told everyone, you know, I think the first win or the first win in the UFC is the hardest one to get just confidence wise. And you're like, yeah. I'm finally here. And so once you start putting wins together, your confidence rises. And, and this sport is a lot about momentum. So we just got to keep the momentum going. Yeah, it is about momentum. Uh, tell me about fighting at the apex. Is, was that your have you fought in front of a live crowd yet? Or is this your or was the apex all you fought at so far? No, my debut, I fought at T-Mobile. Uh, but I fought at the apex three times. So I feel pretty comfortable there. Uh, there's aspects to it that I like. I like how well you can hear your coaches. You can hear their coaches, uh, but there's definitely some weird things, you know, like when you walk out, it's kind of eerie. You can hear like 
the guy coughing in the background and, and things like that. So, so those kind of things are a little weird. Um, but I don't mind it too much. Like I said, it's my third fight there. So I feel pretty comfortable there. Yeah. Is there anybody in the division that you want to fight next? Uh, I've called out some people before, some other wrestlers, but the fights never happen. So I'm like, like, I swear, I call someone out. I call three people out. All three of them get booked the next day versus different opponents. So uh, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm sure they'll they'll set me up with, with a good fight. I feel like there's so many young guys in the division that are kind of all on the same point in their career, you know, experience-wise and things like that, that I have a lot of options. And, and winning kind of breeds all those options of, of – you know, they're like, hey, this would be a good matchup or this would be a good matchup instead of staying like this is who you're going to fight. You know, you kind of get you get more leverage for sure the more you win. Well, I got to tell you this, too, is that never lose that sense of feeling like you can't call people out. Like you always can call them out and continue to do that, because the one thing you don't want to do. And I know everybody does this is when you get a chance to get on the mic, they go, I like to thank my coaches. I like to thank this person and that person. Listen, call people out all day long. <laughs> Because that's right. going to set you up for those big fights. So continue That's the truth. You're right, brother. You're right. Yeah, continue to call people out. So what does Cody like to do on his off time? Like, you know, now you you know, you know, just won your fight. What, what does he like to do? Well, I'm going to New York next week uh, for Dustin. Dustin Jacoby's got a fight. I'm cornering him. Uh, and then the week after that, I'm cornering another one of my buddies in South Carolina. So uh, when I'm not fighting, I'm coaching. And if I'm not doing that, I just like being home with my daughter, spending time with my family. Uh, I'm pretty low key, you know, I don't, I don't do a bunch of stuff. So I was working a job before this fight. I'm hoping, you know, like I said, maybe get a contract renegotiation and quit that. I could start fighting full time. That would be huge for me and, and just having more time at home with, with my family for sure. I mean, you kind of look like Dustin Jacoby. <laughs> better looking though, right? Yeah. You like, be you know, you the better looking version of Dustin Jacoby. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to tell him too. <laughs> So what did you do? What did you, what do you do? What did you do for work? Uh, so I, I did construction for a long time. I, I, when I was even back in Michigan, when I was like an amateur fighter, I was still doing construction. Then we moved out here and I found a little construction job out here. So that keeps me busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hoping that works out for you. That's yeah, that too. would, I would I'll be, obviously if you get a chance to train full time and not have to worry about, you know, building cabinets. I mean, it's right. <laughs> That's the truth, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> even though I'm sure that like, you know, that swinging a hammer is part of training, you know, grip strength at least. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. We will make it translate. <laughs> yeah. But wow, that's, that's amazing, man. I mean, to go, to be in a position you're in now has to be a big accomplishment. So when you moved out to Colorado or you're in Colorado, right? Right. Correct. So what made you decide to move to Colorado from Michigan? Was it the training? Uh, well, it was just the training partners and everything. But I, initially, I was just – I came out here. So my wife fought in the UFC, and uh, she fought at the Pepsi Center in 2018. And when we were out here, we were out here for like two weeks. She had hit up Coach Mark Montoya and said, can we train while we're there? And I was only an amateur at the time, but me and Coach started a pretty good relationship, just stayed in contact. Um, and I got signed to Contender with my other buddy, Colin Anglin. And uh, – we were like, man, the gym we're at, there's not really that great of training partners. Uh, it's kind of helter skelter, just kind of do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Let's try to go see what this gym's about. So we came out here for a week and our plan was we were going to do camps out here and still live in Michigan. Cause we all got family in Michigan, all that kind of thing. Well, we had our end of the week meeting with coach to kind of tell him our plan. And he's like, listen, I don't, you're not going to live somewhere else and, and train here. I don't do that anymore. You got to be here full time. So we're wow. like, okay. Yeah. So we're like, okay, 
So we packed up all our stuff, moved to Colorado a week later and been here ever since. So it was a great move. It was pretty wild the way it all went down. I had a house in Michigan, you know, I got it sold quick. Luckily the market was good. And uh, yeah, we, we made the move out here. Oh, you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about that. Your wife also fights. She doesn't fight anymore, right? Uh, she's, she's just getting back to training. You know, my daughter's had a lot of, uh, health conditions and things like that, that, that have kind of sidelined her and she's been doing the mom role. Uh, but we kind of got some of that stuff figured out a little bit, at least a little bit more stable. So she's training three times a week right now. Uh, just trying to get back into it. You know, she's only 30, so she, she could make a comeback if, uh, we kind of figure some stuff out and she's able to get in the gym a little more. And that's, uh, Amanda, right? Right. Correct. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda, Bobby. Cooper Brundage. That's right. ABCB. <laughs> ABCB. What, what's that like having a wife that's also a competitor? Oh, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I was lucky that I got to see the way uh, she kind of handled things in her career and then do things similar and do things different based off that. You know what I mean? Like uh, she kind of laid the blueprint and then I could make the tweaks to what I wanted to do that I didn't uh, want to follow her in, which was nice for me and i know she's glad that i i got to make some different decisions that she did uh but it's good she's my toughest critic for sure she comes to sparring and she's the loudest voice in there when i hear it she's like what are you doing go more but you know she's on me she's on me huh does she corner you as well uh she used to now she uh now she doesn't she's, she's not my corner anymore for now but uh she's out there like she was out there in vegas with me uh, this whole week, she she definitely travels with me. She she makes sure all my meal prep is correct. She's on me all the time, man. So it's nice, but it is nice too. Like you know, the stresses you have leading up to a fight, uh, the irrational thoughts you have, the mood swings, all that kind of stuff. And and she's been through it, so she knows kind of what to expect. And she's not like, "Why is my husband being an asshole today?" You yeah, know, she yeah. she gets it, which is which is super beneficial. Yeah, I could imagine. I could, you know, <laughs> when people don't get it, they just don't get it. So to have her know what it feels like and to go through that experience, I know that's got to be super helpful. Now, when exactly. she gets back to fighting, how instrumental, because you said that you also do some coaching, how instrumental will you be in her training when she gets back full time? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be there for all the fights, cornering her. Obviously, we, we, we will train together and uh, do kind of, we used to do like a lot of private sessions together just to kind of work extra stuff. And I'm sure those will resume. Um, but yeah, it'll be good. I'll be, I'll be full force there. All of it. hundred percent, man. I love it. Well, Cody, man, I truly appreciate your time today and I wish you the best of luck, man. And I hope we can do this again, man. You are a class act and congratulations about your victory over the weekend. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, we'll definitely do it again. I appreciate you. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM, Channel 156. I'm Dean Thomas covering for Jimmy Smith. And now I would like to introduce a very special guest, a very special guest, my man, my light-skinned brother from PA, one of the coaches down at Sanford MMA, Greg Jones, man. What's going on with you, buddy? What's up, Dean? I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for, uh, for having me on this afternoon, man. 
Yeah, you don't do I don't you know, you don't really do a lot of uh media stuff, man. And so what you know, I'm honored that you were able to come on and be like, yo, I got you. I mean, I like I like to be able, uh, under the radar a little bit. Um, I think with a lot of things we we have going on, I think uh, there's other people that come up and get the attention and with the media and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm OK with it. I, but any chance I, I get, I connect with you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. So you guys had a busy, busy week, a very successful weekend. Um, tell me about it, man. What were your thoughts on the weekend? Yeah, no, we had five guys fight this past weekend. Um, you know, we're busy. We're busy these days. It's a, in a good way. I mean, we had, um, I mean, I think in the last two months, we've had three three or more guys fighting on a single card probably four or five times now. So that's a busy quarter for us, for anyone, really. Um, but we had five guys go out. Um, we had a little bit a little bit of mixed results. Um, which it's always goes, that way. Yeah, it kind of goes with the sport, which, which you get and you understand. But we did not have... We did not have a mixture of of effort, of intensity, of will to win in a fight. Um, we put a guy in there, Garrett Onfield, making his debut on, I don't know, four days notice, up a weight class. Um, and he fought his, fought his butt off, fought, fought how we would like our guys to represent us in our gym. Um, Michael Johnson also fell up short in a, in a hell of a fight um, with Malarkey. Um, again, same thing. You know how it is. You're in there. It's a fight and a lot of different things can happen. Um, wasn't too crazy. Wasn't too crazy about the, the, the decision against him. I thought he did enough to win that fight, but again, the nature of the sport, you know, and, um, we luckily have, uh, Raphael, who you were just talking, uh, speaking about, go out there and get a very good win for him and for us, but for him, most importantly, um, Chase Sherman with a finish and I'm missing one. Oh, Ronnie Lawrence, who you, who you probably probably know yeah, to a decent yeah. level, um, kind of had a. Uh, he's he's probably the only one that um, that is a little bit disappointing just because he wasn't able to to, to be himself out there. Um, Ronnie won't make excuses for himself, so I will. Um, he had been dealing with some staff and some flu stuff in the preceding three weeks leading up to the fight. Um, should he have fought? Should he not have fought? I, I don't know. That's, you know, I can't tell a guy to go out there and get a paycheck, right? Um, so that was a little bit disappointing just from the standpoint that he just couldn't represent himself the way he usually does. Well, i tell you what. I watched that fight, and it seemed like I didn't know he had staff and he was dealing with issues, but to me it seemed like it was a stylistic problem. Like the guy, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think all of us, especially media people, can do a, a lot better job of that, right? Um, you go out, no, sorry. You go out there and you get in the fight. You want to execute what you're good at. You want to keep the fight where you're comfortable at, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you fall short. Doesn't mean you didn't get your best fight out there, right? A lot of times the other person has a job to do also, right? Yeah, right. So, so sometimes if guys look in the mirror and say, I should have did this, I should have did that, I beat myself up. But at the same time, he also has a job that he's very good at. And sometimes that affects the outcome of the fight also. So this is important for fighters and media members to be, to just be mindful of that, you know, you know, especially with everything going on and we want to, you know, jump on people when they fall. Um, but that other guy's in there to do a job too. Yeah. You know? I mean, so, for sure. And that was an interesting matchup for sure. I mean, it was, it was a challenging matchup, full strength, full, full goal, whatever. That, that is a very good point there. I, I just think, Ronnie could have could have done more. He's he's better than what he put out there. Yeah, and that happens. He'll 
he'll learn and grow from it. Now, you guys have you guys won three bonuses. Y'all had performance of the night, uh, two performance of the nights, and then fight of the night. So Michael yes. Johnson got fight of the night, Chase Sherman, and Rob. Gotta pay the bills, Dean. Gotta pay the bills, dog. I know, man. So, <laughs> so, so, what is so? What is that important for you guys? Like going back to the gym, going, listen, guys. We need to try to get these bonuses. I mean, not just for like for the money purposes, but like maybe for morale or like, is that part of the style that you want to project to the world with Sanford MMA? That you're exciting um, and you're not, trying to get not bonuses? Necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, and to be honest, it's not something that comes up from athlete to coach. Mm. You know, the athletes think about it all the time. Get my 50K, 50K, whatever. We don't talk about that. Uh, we, 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 uh, we expect two things. We expect uh, our guys to be fit, which is our job and their job. And we expect them to show up in the cage. That's the two things we ask. And uh, I think our, our guys um, consistently do do that um, as, well as, as well as our coaching staff. Um, but you know as well as anyone, Dean, um, I don't think you want to go out there and have a fight of the night. Yeah, you know one was. Done. You know what I mean. <laughs> if you guys really go out there and beat the shit out of each other, then we'll give you a little bit extra money. You know what I mean. Let's stay on that performance side a little bit. You yeah. Know? And then, and then maybe we could do it again in three or four months, rather than fighting tonight. You're off the off. We talked about this before. I think you're on the shelf for six or nine months now. You know. Yeah. So, but you know, it's money. We take it how it comes. Now you know I spent a lot of time down there with you guys at Sanford, and I've always said this that the energy in there is like nothing I've ever seen before in any other gym, how it's so positive And it seems like everybody's always like getting along and helping each other. And then, but there is this hierarchy with the coaches and everybody respects that. But, and to me, it just seems like such a, and I want, and I don't want to sound like this is a negative word, but it's like a weird environment because it's so good for MMA like I, and it's not normal because MMA gyms are always kind of like a little you know a little shitty yeah how did you no. guys develop this this culture down there well it's something that's important to us and obviously starts from the top um with with Henry Hoof he's kind of a, a no nonsense straightforward kind of guy um so he kind of sets the tone allows me to have the ability to kind of fill in my role and that role evolves depending on our personnel at the time and what, what, what we need from a business standpoint. Um, but I'm flexible um, and fluid in kind of ways that I can get you, contribute to the group. But you're absolutely right. Um, that's, that's the seems to be a constant feedback we get from guys. You know, how guys go around and it, uh, they visit our gym. It's like, you know, the kids use the word vibe. You know, the vibe here is, is so good. Um, but uh, I, think it, I think it comes with success. I think it comes with respect. I think it comes with uh, leadership, not in name, but in execution. Um, I think it's having the right people. Uh, you say hierarchy, but we want good fighters, but we also want the right people on the mat and in the gym involved with us also. So um, kind of uh, fills in that way. And I, I think one thing um, that I don't, we don't want to, we're not an MMA gym. Sanford MMA is not an MMA, MMA gym. What okay. we were trying to do is we were, we were trying to be a full, complete MMA team. And we right. have our guys buying into that, that maybe sometimes you have to give a little bit on your side in, in order for someone else to get a little bit on their side. And that's part of the culture that's, that's kind of feeds off itself. 
if, if you implement it properly. Um, I think whenever I start, me and Henry and I started this kind of on our own, um, there was two things we wanted to do that I wanted to do. My personal professional goals was I wanted to have the most holistic approach to MMA fighting. How do you care for your fighters? How do you treat your fighters? How do you talk to your fighters? Uh, what are you able to do for your fighters? Um, kind of that leader, leader servant kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to be holistic and I want to be the most unique training opportunity. I don't know how you become the best gym in the world or best team in the world. I don't know who votes on it, who decides it, but if we can provide the most unique and holistic experience of anywhere in the country or on earth, then we're headed in the right direction. So that's, um, that's what we're, that's my kind of operating philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've allowed Henry who's, who's Dutch and, kind of foreign outside of soccer is foreign to the team concept me bringing my collegiate experience and he's able to we're able to just kind of mold that all that together and and it it comes out how it's coming out yeah so and and this is how i know that you guys have something special because robbie long word that's an important word what's that special Special. yeah special it's an important word people need to be need to be careful how they use it i'm not saying you're wrong uh-huh. That's a very that's a very important word. Well, listen, anytime you can get Robbie Lawler to come <laughs> back when he's not training, when he doesn't have a fight where he comes in to just help guys. To me, that has to be a very special environment because I've been in the gym with Robbie for years and Robbie was like, yo, man, I'm not helping these clowns. <laughs> no, no. Things like that set the tone. Yeah. Things like that set the tone um, in our gym. You have. Tyrone Spong that comes in and kind of does the same thing. And, you know, a number of other guys that come in and do that same thing, but it's a lifelong thing, right? You gotta, you gotta give to get, you know, you gotta give to get and then, and and you receive. And then then Robbie went back out there a few weeks ago and, you know, he put that stuff to the side. Um, But to have him in that kind of fighter slash mentor role, it's invaluable, dude. Um, Yeah. You know, Robbie's been in the UFC since when? I don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, he was he was, he's, he was in the old UFC, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, but no, and that's that's Henry. Henry's philosophy: everyone trains with everyone, everyone helps with everyone, no matter size, weight, age, experience, whatever. Everyone trains with everyone, and obviously, you know, guys gravitate towards certain training partners. But what that does, um, it keeps from, and I know you could speak to this, um, little clicks being built inside the team inside the gym and that's when start, start things start getting dangerous organizationally when they have these clicks start to form and you start to crumble from the inside a little bit so yeah so a couple of or two weeks ago uh chandler got into it with dustin poirier were you there were you there for that i was on the other side he was on I the only, other side i only caught gilbert burns is i think gilbert posted that video right yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to either of those guys to figure out what actually happened. Were they messing around? Was it serious? You know how all this MMA stuff goes. Uh, but go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, I was just wondering if there was, you know, if there was any insight that you can add to that. But I guess they didn't uh, no, fill you I, in on that. No, it's just fighters being fighters. You know how that, shit, that stuff goes. Yeah. You know, but um, no, I have nothing to add. I just I saw I saw Gilbert post it. I went back, I watched it a second time, and that's it kind of left me. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go back to the weekend. Let's talk about Michael Johnson's fight. In that fight, obviously, it was close. 
Um, what do you think happened? And why he didn't what why he didn't get it and what what were his thoughts on it afterwards? Um first of all, again, preaching to the choir, all fighters should be respected, right? Mm-hmm. That Malarkey is a very tough and good fighter. And Michael knew that. I'm not saying yeah. Michael didn't do that, but you hear Michael Johnson and this guy named Malarkey from Australia. You know, to the casual fan, it's like, what's he doing losing to that guy? No, I didn't. Um, I, in fact, I, I thought it was a dangerous fight for Johnson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, man, this guy's good. No, he is good. He's tough. Yeah. Um, but um, I think I think what happened there, Dean, um, I think Michael got wobbled towards the end of the first round. He finished the first round. They both finished the first round swinging hardy at each other after the wobble. Mm-hmm. If you back up, two and a half, three minutes into the fight, Michael Johnson dropped him, mm-hmm. right? He yeah, wasn't able to capitalize, but he dropped him. He crossfaded him, put him on his back. He says he's got his glove pulled, whatever, whatever. Shit, gamesman shit happens. Um, and he wasn't able to capitalize off of that damage that he inflicted. So in my mind, that's what the fight comes down to, is I, I feel like, personally, I don't know that this happened, they measured that wobble over our drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's the way I see it. The second round got away from us. Period. Um, I think he's the, the Malarkey snuck in a short elbow somewhere um, in that second round and hurt Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michael, the veteran he is, he regained his composure, found uh, found his feet again, and finished that round with some po- positive momentum. The third round, I thought it was vintage Michael Johnson. He was tick tick ticking, moving his feet, being active, being athletic countering whenever he could um that third round i don't know i don't know that michael could could do with uh, a, a better round right now where where he's at you know just in his career yeah um so um you know old bert used to say right they'll make you cry they'll i know cry. so but i mean but you, but to I don't me, know. What do you, let me let me turn that around on you though no I mean, you, you have a very good eye what um I, I read the judging criteria. I don't know that I understand it. Me neither. What's that, what's that decision look like from your standpoint? From my standpoint, it was a draw to me. I thought going into the third round, they both had even round. They're one and one. And then I thought the last round was dead even. I couldn't That's put what everyone on my phone said. That's what everyone on my phone said. Yeah. And I said, and, and for me, like you can't, I, unless you can put a metric on, how you score damage and impact. Like you can't really like, like you said, his wobble versus your drop. Like that's, that's even that's the right? fight though. But I think that's, that's the fight. That's yes. the fight. That's that decision right there. Is the I fight. thought, I thought the fight was a draw and oh, yeah. it sucks that Michael Johnson, obviously he's going to get a, you know, got the bonus. But to me, like he has to, he still has to take that L and I don't think that's fair because like, what did he not do to, to not, to not deserve at least a draw? I mean, just, to me, I was like, it sucks. No, no, yeah. It's, and I was just thinking that, you know, these things sit with you. And Mike, Michael Johnson's my dog. Yeah. You know, my, Michael Johnson lived with me for a number of days. That's my dog. So especially guys like that, those, those losses, they, they sit with you. You know, you kind of carry them around with you. Right before uh, the call, this call, I was just uh, upstairs and I was just kind of going through the weekend in my head and stuff. And um I don't know what it means, but I have to go back and look at his. I don't know if he's ever won a close decision like that. Like really? I don't think, I, I I don't I don't think. I mean, you got 
Benil Dariush, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other names like that that he's been on the short end. I'm not alluding to any conspiracy against Michael Johnson. I'm not doing that whatsoever. But sometimes you're just fucking unlucky. Thank you, Sirius. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, he said he's the the male version of Angela Hill, huh? Just can't win a can't win a close one. In a sense, I think. Yeah. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.